Several episodes back, we featured a book called The Power of Habit. Its premise being that successful lives point right back to intentional habits. Built on one simple platform. Cue, routine, reward. This week, we're returning to the habit theme. But this time, with a design focus for business. How do you create products that wow customers the first time? And bring them back after the initial excitement wears off. This book features a simple process to hook customers. And it adds one key component to that key routine reward pattern. Investment. So let's dive right into Hooked, how to build habit-forming products. Welcome back. You're listening to Motivation Minute, where we unravel the timeless truths in that stack of books you've been wanting to read so that you don't have to. And this week's book is Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products by Nur Eyal. And you know, Jariah, this is one of those books that I put down. I was like, this is the key. Like, this is how you keep people coming back. And that's one of the biggest things I think in business to keep people returning because they love downloading your app or your product the first time. But then that wears off and it's kind of over and you have to do everything you can with like reminders and emails to bring them back. And that's part of the toughest part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sometimes easy to get people interested the first time because it's new and flashy, but how do you yeah. actually keep them coming back? Because that's the biggest problem is things get old and they wear out and people don't aren't interested anymore. But you know, the lifetime value of a customer is like one of the most important things, not the first time. It's the lifetime value. So how do you keep them coming back? And this reminded me a lot of the book we read, The Power of Habit, and has some of the same ideas on how to, on what causes us to form habits. Yeah. And it was, a lot of it was uh, tech examples in the book. And what it revolved around was you want to be the first to mind solution for people's problems to win. And uh, it brought up like, obviously, Google is what you think of when you search Facebook for social media Mm -hmm. and Twitter for news. Like, who thinks of Bing for searching? You don't (laughs) ever tell people to Bing stuff or DuckDuckGo it. I mean, there are very small groups of people that would actually do that. But (laughs) the vast majority of us are like, give me Google. Exactly, yeah. And it's weird how they've created their company name as it's now a verb. It's like, it's crazy how that's a habit. (laughs) It's a verb and a noun. Is it an adjective? Well, I don't think it's an adjective. <laughs> but basically, they've <laughs> they've created us to think of their company or product as the natural, obvious thing to do for that specific, when you're trying to fill that specific need. And there's a way to do that, which this book brings up, and it's a four-step cycle. So what's the first step? Um, well, it's it has like a sequence, the trigger, action, reward, and investment, right? Right. And there's an interesting thing about that because the first trigger is external. It's like you're prompted by something to do that thing. So an app, you, you see an app that says download me. That's the external trigger. But then after you do the investment, the last piece, you repeat the cycle and you go back to trigger. But this time it's an internal trigger, ideally. Mm. Because if you can make it so that the person thinks of the trigger versus you thinking of it for them, they will more likely repeat the cycle and just keep spiraling mm. in it. Yeah, it co- it comes back. I keep coming back to this thing I've been on recently about conscious versus unconscious. It's how 
you know, you, how, to get someone to do something um, naturally without you having to put in action to make them do it, you want them to do it unconsciously without them realizing and you know you could it's not like it's that's kind of how manipulation works but it's it's just we all do this we all it said 40 percent of what we do every day is purely through habit so we all have these things that we do unconsciously we don't realize that we're doing them Uh, we forget that we do them Um, one thing for me has been the time I get up every day I just naturally will get up at a certain time every day because that's how I've always been doing it which happens to be late (laughs) right now but (laughs) and then a year later I'm like Wow, I've been getting up late every single day, every single day for the last year, and I haven't even realized it. Or just different things that, yeah. So how do we get people to go from from consciously doing an action to unconsciously doing it? A lot of it is framing how the product is seen by the customer, and that determines the quality of the habit they can develop around it. Mm. Like um, the book said, the quality of your habit is proportional to how frequently people use your product and what they see as the perceived utility or usefulness or value in it. Hmm. Um, it gave this graph that was really cool in the book of um, running on your horizontal x-axis, you have the perceived utility and on the y-axis, you have the frequency of using it. And the concept is the things you use more frequently and with greater utility, which uh, that is your habit zone. And that's where you want your product to be. If you have low frequency, they use it, low utility, that's right. not where you want to be. But some things have a high utility while they're very, very useful, very practical, but people don't want to use them because they're too complicated or there's like, they, you know, and that's the problem with business owners is they'll make a product that's very, very useful and has a lot of utility, but then they don't know how to get people to actually use it because it's for whatever reason, you know, and that's that's the hard thing to come up, to get over is, how do you get people to use it? Because everybody wants to use the the uh, some other the easy thing, the easy thing from some big company, or because the big companies figured that out. But how do you, for your small business, figure out how to get them to use your product instead? It's kind of like a year ago, Apple came out with the shortcuts for Siri on your phone, mm-hmm. and it was basically a way to drag and drop program where you can say, like, I have it set up where I say, "Going home." And it gives me how long it'll take to get home and sends a text to people I care about about when I'm getting home. And no way. it's pretty cool that it does that you for would, me. You would do that. And I knew about <laughs> that. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. But then I never used it. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing about how they did this is it's drag and drop. So it's more likely for people to use it if it's drag and drop. Right. But I'm a software engineer. So I was already digging into where can I custom script stuff within this. <laughs> and it turns out they give you access to do some custom scripting that gives you more power. But for the ease of use, it's a whole lot easier than writing my own thing, which is why the majority of people would not do this. Right. Well, even even the, even the just setting up the, the shortcuts in the app, it's super simple. You just drag and drop. Okay, when I say this thing in Siri, it sends a text to these people and then blah, blah, you know, sets up a calendar yeah. date, whatever. It's still almost too much, I think, for the average person to do to plan ahead. At least for me, I think that's example. I've, I haven't heard I haven't heard of anybody else using it. Like any all my friends, everybody uses smartphones, and I haven't heard anybody use it. You're the only person, actually. <laughs> it's I think it's well, just. Well, I also made something very complicated with it that has <laughs> extremely good use for me. Yeah, like the simple stuff, like to tell Siri, going home and just get the weather, or like what's the weather, and she gives you the weather. Like she already does that. You could make simple things and she does it, but you have to make it complicated to make it worth it. Mm-hmm. 
So with, at least in my opinion, my humble opinion. It does, but you have to have a balance, like you were saying. But anyway, how, so how do you? What causes us to do certain things to start with? That's the the trigger, right? Yes. So the trigger gets us moving in the direction of the habit. Yes. And that's um that can be caused by a, when we're in a certain environment or certain certain things we see remind us of something or when we're in a certain emotional state um like and we don't this is the scary thing is we don't even realize it. Okay, every time I, you know, come home in the evening maybe I'm feeling a little uh a little stressed. So first thing I do is I always check you know, Snapchat when I'm stressed or something, uh-huh. and we do, and we don't realize that's the reason we're checking Snapchat. It's because we're, whatever this feeling we had first, all these negative. You know, if you're feeling lonely, if you're if you're fearful or depressed, it, that that causes you to do these little habits. Yes, let's camp there for a second. It was about negative emotion, because like you can be triggered positively, which there there are great examples to be triggered positively, like where. Uh, let's say you want to make a really nice meal and you find a great recipe to do it. Well, that's a positive trigger. A negative trigger is like you said with Snapchat where you're stressed or the book said like Instagram, fear of missing out. That was a big deal for me. I, I quit Instagram because I always had that fear of missing out. Mm. I, well, I didn't really quit. I, I check once every like week or two on weekends on my computer only. I just dis- disabled it all on my phone <laughs> so that it would be very hard to get to. But see, the thing is with that, like the negative emotion is what keeps you coming back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, then it goes to the action. So the trigger causes you to do an action. And this is, we just kind of talked about this already, but it has to be an action that, that has a balance between ease of use and practicality. So it's like, yeah. And then it, it, to do an action takes motivation and, and ability and a, tri- yes. and a trigger, which we talked about. Well, you get, first get the trigger, then you have to have the motivation which the trigger causes, you know, the trigger, whatever gives you, you feel depressed. So you have the motivation to see what your friends are doing to make you happy. And then it has to be in the ability. It has to be something that's not too hard to do or you, yeah, or we just wouldn't do it. So what's interesting about that action piece is you can motivate people, but, but it's hard to change people's existing motivation generally. Like you're only motivated as far as you are, unless you get into a really unless you're like in a seminar with all these people that are all motivated like you, it gets you super hyped. Like that's a way to change your motivation. But on an average day, how much does your motivation swing? Not that much. No, not much at all. And the book was saying that the way to change that is if you can add scarcity and a progress bar. So, okay, what does that mean? So scarcity, that would be making it so that you have to act now Mm -hmm. versus later. That would make you more motivated to act. Right, right. And then the progress bar concept is you see you see the progress you're making. Like if you're motivated to do something and you don't see any progress on what you're doing, hey, that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. But if you do see progress, that will. The scarcity is huge, yeah. When you see deals like, you know, sale, that's, the, that's exactly what a sale is. It's like we have this thing at a low price temporarily. It's like if you don't buy it today, you won't get the good deal. And right. so that's huge. And yeah, so about how to how to get motivated, how to get people to be motivated to do something is almost impossible. But you can if you have a reward. So that's this, the third piece was the reward. What's the reward that you're getting? You know, you wouldn't even you wouldn't think that there's this huge reward of, you know, using Facebook or you know, or Instagram or different products that we use. But there is a, a big reward in our brain, like psychologically. Uh-huh. Like there's a part of our brain that. Um, but becomes active whenever we crave something. 
um, or you know it releases dopamine in your brain makes you feel good and we and the, the thing is it's not even conscious it's like you know it's like when you, sometimes when you're having great conversations with friends you're hanging out with friends you're just having a really good time what your brain is doing is you know releasing dopamine in your brain to make you feel good and that's why and that that happens naturally that's totally good you know when you're with people and socializing that's how you get hooked on something is is that reward something that causes yes. the re- re- reward in your brain so i got a good example to kind of sum up the the action and reward piece so i'm studying for a certification right now which is extremely boring to do okay. i'm reading through like I, I have this giant 10 page document of acronyms i have to memorize with all this information out of context for a technical security certification so I had to set up some things to keep me motivated. And one was the scarcity of the action. I'm giving myself a tight time frame to study for the test, which is two weeks before I come to visit you, which is the reward. And then the progress bar for me is I am taking these quizzes in the book that help me stay motivated on an ongoing basis as I'm learning, because otherwise I'd get very tired quickly. And then the reward is obviously at the end, I get the certification and then I take off and have fun for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a way you can keep it flowing. You're intentionally putting all those things in place. Wow, that's amazing. And the the thing is, most of the time, those things are not intentional. They're put in front of us by companies and corporations that put all these things in place without us realizing that make us get hooked on on their products. Yeah, like I realize I always do things last, not always, but so a lot of times I'll, I'll wait till the last minute to get it done. And then I always get it done right before the deadline, which is really bad. Uh-huh. Cause, and it's because of that scarcity thing. I have to get it done now. It's like if, if I don't have to get it done now, then I can just wait and not do it, you know? You know, the other thing that'll make you want to get something done is if you sunk a lot of your time into it. And that's the investment piece of this cycle. That's a new one that we haven't uh, talked about yet. I Right. Pretty sure on most of the episodes. And right. What's interesting is the investment piece is the time and monetary value you've sunk into a service, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is like the content that you have there, the followers you have there that you don't want to give up, the reputation you have, the skill you have, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. If if you can have something that gets more valuable over time, the more someone uses it, that's huge. So basically, over time. Like a, you start using one software, like I use Dropbox. Pretty soon, yeah. I have all these files on Dropbox, and it would be everything a, in Dropbox. Be a huge pain to try to move it to some other system. So now the value is higher for them, and it's worth it to me to pay their large monthly fee. Yeah, um, and like for me, photos. I I have photos I got to manage, and I have an iPhone. I always I've looked at other options. I could do Amazon Photos. I could do you know, Flickr, I could do other online storage, uh, Google Drive, but it's so convenient to do Apple because you just do the iCloud. And uh, yeah, it, I've already got all my devices on Apple. So and, and I've sunk all my investment into that. And you're probably paying to, for storage, right? For the f- photos. Yeah, I'm paying for storage for the photos. Yep, yep. Yeah, and it's like, you know, yeah, like if, you, if you're on a, on a social media and you start getting more followers then that makes you wouldn't want to leave that because you have all these followers right. <laughs> and you have your reputation as your reputation goes up, then, you know, you wouldn't want to leave because of that. Yeah. So there's, I th- I'm trying to think of ways to do that with, you know, some other type of product. If you're just a, you know, obviously reputation is huge. I think in a, like a regular shop or like a brick and mortar business, like a mechanic, 
eventually, like, you know, you build up reputation the longer someone works with you, then that's going to keep them hooked. But Well, think about like loyalty programs that you buy something and then you get a coupon after you buy it that says you can come in this range of dates to get 25% off another item. And then the cycle keeps repeating itself and you end up going and buying more than you ever intended mm-hmm. because of the loyalty mm-hmm. discount. Yeah, so if you can have all those things in place, you can create something, a, a product or, or a service that will keep people hooked for the long term and you'll have a, a high lifetime value for your customers. This happened to me during tax season because the first service I used to s- file my taxes was TurboTax. And I got all the way down to the very last few button clicks when they said, oh, by the way, you have this kind of investment form you need, which we don't supply with your personal account that you have for free. Um, you're going to have to pay $45 for this form. I'm like, give me a break. That's like all of the refund I was going to get on this one account that are on my federal this year. I was like, no way, you're, you're going to make me do this? And I'm like, I'm going somewhere else. But the trouble was I had put all my information in there. And now... I had to go do it all over again somewhere else where that did not have the fee. And it just took a lot longer. And that's the thing. They make you go through all that stuff to find out later. Oh, by the way, there's a fee. But that's where they catch you. Exactly. Once you've invested time into something, you don't want to stop. And sometimes you need to because people do the wrong thing for so long. But they have so much invested in it. It's very hard to just give up everything you've put into it, even maybe even though you need to switch and try something else. Right. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this book, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products. And uh, if you did, it would be awesome if you clicked subscribe and started your own trigger. Because by clicking subscribe, we externally encouraged you to create a trigger, which (laughs) makes you take an action. You get a variable reward. You never know how good the episode will be every week. (laughs) Then you invest yourself in the app with the time you listen to us. And then... You get an internal trigger every time the episode pops up every week. So it's great. It's a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.